This entry is going to be pretty quick. Um, I just want to get into the way I perceive time and uh, what is time to me. Now, over the years, I've watched a number of uh, television shows and movies about time travel. Anything from Back to the Future, where Marty McFly goes back from 1984 to 1954, and he promptly uh, makes a change to his mom and dad's meeting altogether, and uh, it's up to him to actually go through and alter time and and make it so where his mom and dad successfully meet up, um, but he does end up coming to a different future. Now, from my perspective and everything, there's two different ways to look at uh, to look at time. At least two different ways. Um, one is from a linear perspective and everything, and that's basically causality. There's a, a past, a present, and a future, and all of them tend to be dictated to you. And I'm watching another TV show called DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Now, I'm mentioning TV shows because it's really important to understand that time travel, like reality, is a product of imagination. It is a creation of and a projection of ourselves um, out in the real world and everything. Now, from a collective standpoint, this isn't going to make any sense, you know, for a long time. And uh, when I say for from a collective standpoint, I mean this in a... Um, you believe that the world is a product of the things around you as well as you and it um that your ability and uh, or abilities to be able to manipulate the world as you know it is limited to the physical things that you have access to around you you know such as a hammer a nail um things like that well that for all intents and purposes isn't a an untruth. It isn't um, 100% invalid. However, there is a different way of perceiving things that um, it, to explain. I and my world are one and the same. Um, it being a projection of me, of my thoughts, of my desires, of my wants, my needs, my not wants, my not needs, and everything. It's up to me to create an ordering mechanism. I'm sorry, I'm actually, I'm sitting here on the street watching my, um, my game, my, my, uh, I'll get to that in a minute. This is just really weird. <laughs> haven't seen this kind of behavior in, ever since I've actually been watching this. Okay. From my per perspective, tomorrow is an unknown commodity. There are a, an infinite number of possibilities limited by the finite possibilities that I can imagine. Um... And with that, the potential number of futures, and e eventually the choice I make, is actually responsible for creating that path. Um, similarly, when I look back to the future and everything, or to the past, there are infinite potential pasts that exist. Pasts, plural, at any given time. The finite potential pasts are the ones that uh, that I've actually that I can choose from, um, but what solidifies the past are the things that we have lived that I have lived myself, you know. So when I read about something, when I watch something in a story, in like a a TV show or a movie or something like that, that doesn't that that creates a little bit a little bit of foundation, you know, for you know, for the reality, you know, for the possibles, possibilities in the future. It doesn't matter whether or not it's regarded as fact or fiction, particularly now. You know, if it's, if it's regarded as fact and widely regarded as fact, sure, you know, it has a little bit more potential to, you know, to be accepted and to, to be solidified. However, um, for, you know, certain events and everything, such as JFK's assassination all the way, Lincoln's assassination all the way to the moon landing, all the way to World War II, um, all the way to Hitler and what he did and everything, 
um, all of those events, while I have not directly observed those, uh, the probability, if you want to actually look at it from a statistical perspective and everything, that I would go back and actually observe these things as they have been written about and referred to as fact and everything is high. Now, keep in mind, it's not 100%. And this actually comes down to my um, my interpretation of what time is. Time is a linear flow in a chronological order of events that actually happen and can be, you know, that are documented in particular order. So, and, and just, it's like if you actually look at a resume, a resume goes in one of two different, or one of many different ways, but I tend to keep mine in one of two ways. One is a chronological, the other one's reverse chronological. Now, reverse chronological makes the most sense from when you're trying to get a job and, and you're focused on recency for employment and everything, right? You know, but recently I've actually been doing, you know, my resume in a chronological order because I want people to understand where I came from, you know, from a skills and experience perspective that actually created this character known as Brian, a.k.a. Q. You know, the mortal name is Brian, which I am one and the same, you know, from a legal perspective, but, you know, I refer to myself as Q. So, that chronological order gives a basis, a foundation of my own personal history that actually shows this is where I came from. Now, that history in itself isn't necessarily guaranteed to be aligned with the world's perception of where I came from. That's really important to understand, you know, and this is something that took me a while to understand because there are infinite potential paths for everybody. Now, just because we both happen to share the stage of life right here, right now, doesn't mean that our past, when we were separated, and distinct, and distinct is whatever, from whatever perspective that we were in, if we weren't inter interacting with each other, there's absolutely no guarantee that the past that I had and the past that you had was in the same, same shared reality. And this is where alternate realities come into play. When I actually watch a TV show, a movie, um, I read fiction, you know, each one of these is occurring in a separate reality. Now, it's referred to as fiction as a, as a way to disassociate until our minds, you know, my mind can actually categorize it and find a place for it to be and everything. You know, but there are, like I said, infinite potential pasts, infinite potential futures, and, in combination with this, infinite potential parallels. So, let's go back and I'm going to give you an example. And this is, it's really important that, uh, you know, this is something that took me a long time to understand. Um, Gregorian calendar came into, into, you know, into reality um, in the year, I think it was 1650, by Pope Gregory. Incidentally, my last name. It's no coincidence. Um... Now, with this, the 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 Caesar's uh, Julius Caesar's calendar was dominant at that time. However, this caused a literal, the chronological categorization, and basically the retention of information at that point, leveraging that calendar created a completely separate and distinct timeline. This is, this is what's incredibly important because before I had made the assumption that there was a little bit more accuracy with the Gregorian calendar and that's why we decided to go with it and I never took into consideration, you know, prior to six years ago, <laughs> prior to six years ago that the Gregorian calendar could have been an invention to cause an alternate reality to occur from another reality. And here's, here's what I'm saying. If you had the capability to be able to, well, I'm going to put this from a different perspective altogether. 
I play a game. You know, um, let's just call it Grand Theft Auto. You know, the one that I've been making my massive modifications to. Now, I've got at most 24 different saves, or 15 different saves that I can have in it. Now, I can do this at the very start of the game. You know, um, I could also do it at, you know, midway through the game, and I could do it at the end of the game, and I can also do it, you know, at the even after this. Now, here's the thing. While I'm limited to 15 saves inside the game, I can actually copy those saves and have, in a, in a literal sense, infinite different saves that I've saved off. Now, keep in mind that in a normal sense, each one of those same save games has a date and time stamp that's associated with it. You know, but the end game date and time stamp isn't necessarily correlated with the, with the external perspective of that. So here's a for instance. Let's say I get about 50% done with the game and the primary storyline. But let's say um, I you know, realize, hey, I killed somebody that I didn't want to kill and that was permanent. And uh, I actually have a good example for this too. Oblivion. I was playing uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion. <laughs> Now I got about fifty percent of the of the done of the way done with the game, and uh, I had become a vampire in the game. Now I had gone through, and I was just finding it increasingly difficult to find you know people to suck their blood because I kept accidentally killing them. You know, so it's just like this kept happening and kept happening until finally, finally, I ended up just basically saying, "Well, shit." I've got, in a literal sense, 300 save games for this thing. I mean, I was saving it everywhere. So, I ended up basically saying, okay, I went from 50% back to 33%. I literally I erased 17% of my progress because I, I had killed some, you know, some incredibly... Um, relevant people to me to the progression of that storyline and everything. I was interested not in killing them, you know, plain and simple. So I completely backed up and uh, went to a prior, prior point in time. Now, let's think about this logically. So um, let's say it's, it's, um, uh, it's probably April of 2009, you know, when I bite the bullet and I become a vampire. Um, now let's say I'm traveling overseas in September, and it's October, you know, where I become a vampire. Or I, I realize being a vampire sucks. It's horrible. You know, it's, I'm not having fun with this. Um, I'm killing some of the most important things next to me and everything. You know, so all of a sudden in, you know, late October, or September, early October, I say, ah, oh, fuck. This is a lot of progress I'm going to lose. So I end up going all the way back to April. You know, to the April time, you know, to save game. Now, keep in mind, I had 17% progress that I had made throughout this game and everything for the last part of this. <laughs> and for me, it was just one of those things that was just like, wow, I'm kind of, this is kind of fucked up. So, um, I lost, um, at that point, about, what, from April, so April, May, June, July, August, September, October, nearly six months worth of progress on that game, all to go back, you know, to become a normal, a normal human again, and at that point, um, you know, I just decided to go with it, you know, I just decided to actually enjoy my life as a uh, human and everything and just you know kept uh, kept moving forward with that perspective and everything <laughs> that wasn't uh, it wasn't all perfect and everything so you know and I ended up making some different decisions that I hadn't made before you know once I, I reverted back but from an in-game in perspective you know it had literally been years you know, so they had a different, uh, the time was moving at a different rate in the game. From outside the game, it had only been six months, but still, six months was a lot of time, of my own time. You know, for the character inside the game, it was a couple years. You know, so reverting back to that original state, so where I didn't have that happen and everything, 
you know. So, anyways, um, now let's look at this from a realistic, a real life perspective. So, let's say, you know, um, something happens, you know, to my world and everything, and I proceed down a Julian calendar perspective and everything from time and everything my mind does because my mind has created it has is essentially participating in someone else's reality then all of a sudden I just get to the point it's just like oh, this sucks you know I don't see the same world as this person you know I don't experience the world the same way they do they have different loves that I have they enjoy warfare they enjoy you know, raping and pillaging and doing all this other stuff. And me, not so much. I enjoy the sex, don't get me wrong, but I want the woman to say yes. And not only that, but I also want to have fun with my life. And that's not my idea of fun. So, my idea of fun probably is a little bit more cerebral. You know, I'm not saying it's not as, uh, I mean, it could be considered equally as evil by some. But, you know, taking over people's minds and that kind of stuff, I mean, hey. So... I end up saying, eh, Julian, you know, Mr. Caesar, love you to death, man, but I don't agree with you. And I go back in time. My mind goes back in time to a prior point. And at the same point, at that point, I invit, invent my own calendar. Well, at that point, all of a sudden, boom, we've got a split. Complete split in time at this point where I'm starting to actually keep chronological order of the events that actually happen that are pertinent to me and my reality and the formation of it for me to actually get to the point of what I consider true consciousness, which is pretty much where I'm at right now. Well, I mean, I'm on my way. I'm still not 100% there. You know, but, you know, something happens at that point. You know, 1650s, um, 1700s, all of a sudden the establishment of, you know, the United States ends up happening. You know, rebellion against the crown, you know, 1776, the Tea Party and the Boston Tea Party, and basically saying, fuck you to taxes. I mean, it's all a parallel, you know, to my own life and everything. I've done the same fucking thing. It's all an echo in time, if you want to look at it that way. You know, and so, and that's what time is, you know. Time is nothing more than the progression of, of the linear progression of events relative to our experiential perspective. And you can rewind them, you can fast forward them, you can pause them. You can sit there and look at time, I mean, and, and playing a game such as Grand Theft Auto, you know, is like peering into somebody else's world. We all need, you know, this is my own theory, we all need the participation of other minds in our world, even if they don't see and agree with our perspective and everything, because we welcome, you know, as eternal beings, once we come to embrace and accept our, our eternalness, we all need, we all want, we all crave, we all desire the in input and the influence and the dynamic participation that other minds bring to our world. Now we're going to limit those constraints and capabilities within our world and everything, you know, to basically an order that we recognize, you know, an order that, you know, doesn't drive us insane. You know, so as I participate in this GTA world and everything, there is a mind, you know, out there, you know, that's basically saying, hey, I'm giving you some control because you and I, we're kind of on the same page when it comes down to um, some of the ways that we regard the world and everything. You know, so, to some degree, you know, that, that permission is almost like the same way as giving, you know, other people permission to basically view our world from a satellite's perspective. You know, to some degree, these tools, these technologies and everything, you know, aren't just... They, they aren't just used for frivolous basis and everything. They're actually allowing, you know, the capability to be able to influence our worlds. So, yeah, I mean, I've been given access to a tool to basically shape a world from a digital perspective and everything. And I'm learning about, you know, the whole gamut of the multiverse in the process. You know, how the multiverse is, in part, influencing my reality you know, in a number of different ways. It's not just me, you know, and being able to exercise my creativity and saying, oh, wow, that's actually kind of a cool color combination when I put that billboard up. 
you know, and uh, or it could be just basically listening to conversations and to, you know, to watch, you know, to watch like I'm doing right now, traffic and what the fuck is going on with this traffic over here is beyond me. They've actually got some kind of traffic jam over here. And uh, they've got a car accident where one guy fled the scene, another guy I saw kicking the shit out of him. And basically it's two Cadillacs, and I've never seen a Cadillac in the game. You know, and I haven't had it, I haven't let anybody else been doing these mods and everything, but if I've got hackers that are hacking this thing, you know, all I can say is, thank you for the entertainment, you know, I'm enjoying it. <sighs> but, um, so what is time? Um... Time for, for me. You know, I've got a number of different shows that I started to refer to. Back to the Future, um, DC's The Legends of Tomorrow, Timeless is another one. Um, each one has a tendency to depict things from a very, very linear. Um, we are here to save time, and time is a linear thing at all times and everything. And um, we're basically here to try to save that. So, from a, a being who has control of their own timeline as an individual and I have to distinguish individual versus collective as an individual a being who has individual dominance over their own reality from a temporal perspective and everything you will see things absolutely different than somebody who does not have control over it and actually is in a collective consensus with their own reality. Now, there's a, a saying I've heard a number of times. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Well, I can't agree. You know, absolute power certainly provides with it the capability to be able to do anything that you want to. And there, there comes a, a problem with that, that I've seen, in that there will be some who absolutely abhor it. And there'll be others who kind of enjoy what you do. You know, you're going to make enemies. You're going to, you know, vicious enemies, too. But in the same, pro same token, you're going to be, you know, coming up with and, and having people love you for what you do, too. It's not that much different than I, I, I figure than being president. You know, in effect, you've got a reality that you're governing. Me, all I'm doing is I'm just changing the media content, and I'm I'm seeing direct impact of that with a load of confusion on the streets and everything. People aren't driving the same way they were. It's really bizarre. It's funny, actually. Now, what I'm going to do is actually focus on beautifying some of the storefronts and everything. They've got a, um, uh, a full moon theater. It's a, it used to be a retro classics theater, and I've changed it to be a full moon theater, and it's housing some of the alternate reality. And uh, what I've done for this alternate reality is um, I've taken it one step further and basically said that... Uh, Every being that exists in this um, reality as its primary, as their dominant reality, has the innate capability, um, I don't know if it's capability, they know that they wake up in a cloned body when they die, and that's no biggie. They've got applications and everything in the modern day and everything that basically saves their life. You know, so when they die, at that point, saves their life and everything. When they walk into a theater, and this theater in particular, you know, that I'm redoing right now, um, allows them to walk into a, a single door, and they are the only ones that will be in the theater. Now, there could be literally hundreds of people that go into this theater, but because it's a digitally simulated theater, they're going to be able to walk into it, and they're going to be the only one in there. And the rest of the crowd is just basically going to be a simulated crowd. You know, they will have that theater to themselves. Now, it's part of the allure of uh, some of the things that I'm trying to do, is just imagine a different reality where, you know, the things that you see are going to be a little bit different than some of the other places that you see. 
You know, um, I'm really going to be taking some of the digital concepts and ideas and everything and taking it so where when you go to the movie theater, you're going to see some things that other people don't. You're going to be able to do things in that movie theater that other people, that other people won't. So, um, but going back to the whole concept of what is time, when I was born, um, let's just say, you know, I... I have throughout my life and everything been insistent that there was basically a linear timeline that I was born, you know, in a womb, um, and that's W-O-M-B. Um, I was born a material being, and over my years I ended up progressing through, um, through my childhood and until I ended up hitting my my adolescence, and at that point, from about 12, 13 years old, you know, I grew up, I had a growth spurt, and I grew up really fast, basically a year, you know, within a year, I grew up about a full foot. My voice changed, you know, I ended up going through this process of slowly but surely, actually pretty quickly, turning from a boy into a man, you know, from about, about 13 to about 17 years old and everything. You know, I still ended up growing after that a little bit. Eh, a lot in some cases, you know. But for me, the progression of time for the first part of my life and everything, I had always perceived it from a linear perspective and had always looked at and regarded the outside world as doing the same thing. The world that I saw was one in the same world that others saw. When somebody... Um, somebody left the stage of my life and everything, I had made the assumption that more or less they shared with me what they did, that the lives that they lived was not that much different than the lives they told me about. You know, um, when they ended up uh, going, you know, coming back into my life and we'd hang out and that kind of stuff, whether it was friends or, or co-workers or anything like that, I thought the stories that they told, um, was all the stories, was everything that happened to him. I, I had a tendency to believe first. And it was rare that I, I typically, that I would ask questions. The only people that I asked questions of was somebody who was a little bit close to me and everything. And I had probably ample reason to be suspicious at times. You know, so for me, time had been absolutely, absolutely linear up until the point that I was about 32 years old. Now, at that point, I ended up taking my first trip overseas. And uh, prior to then, you know, when I talk about absolute linearity, I started getting little kinks, little hints here and there. I worked for a company called Excel Agent Services and uh, ended up doing some code, and I, I had problems converting between um, time zones. You know, so Eastern time zone. I mean, I live on a globe, and... You know, that globe has 24 primary different time zones and a whole smattering of other ones based on the region that you're in and everything. But these time zones basically say that, hey, at um, 12.30 a.m., um, or I'm sorry, let's just say 1.30 a.m. in uh, London, you know, or let, ah, let's make it a little bit easier for me. Let's say we're at 8 p.m. in Los Angeles. No. <laughs> Uh, 8 p.m. in London, um, and I knew at that point that uh, there's eight-hour difference in between London and uh, and Phoenix. So whenever I had a phone call with somebody in London, I knew that they were staying up past their work hours and everything when it was 12 o'clock at my time, and I was actually having this phone call at lunchtime. I was constantly dealing with these kind of issues and everything. I started dealing with these issues where eight, uh, it could be 12 p.m. you know in Phoenix on the same date, um, but 8 p.m., you know, over in a different uh, different country and everything. You know, so for me, I never really looked at these disjointed mechanisms for time as being anything other than just a, a, t a time zone. I never thought about the whole potential confusion that was going on in my head when it came down to interacting with, you know, what time is it? Well, shit, depends on where you're at, right? I mean, it always does. You know, depends, you know, for me, it's just like I'd travel over to Asia, and it's a day before it is over in the United States. I haven't really effectively traveled through time. At least that's the way I looked at it. 
but effectively I had. You know, and I had been my entire life and everything whenever I traveled across borders and that kind of stuff. Most of us do. So it comes down to, if you're going to document things from a chronological perspective without taking into account the geographical location that they're in and everything, you can get some really funky answers and everything. Hey, at 12.30 p.m., you know, I did this. But right after that, at 12.26 p.m., you know, not not disclosing, of course, that you just crossed the border. You know, um, I'm sorry. Let's let's just say, you know, you just crossed. The, let's say it's 12:30. You know, and you just crossed the border from, oh, let's just say Nevada to California, and the time there is a time change. You know, between that. So let's say it's actually it's 12:30, and you know it's one because uh, I think um, it's Mountain Time in Nevada at this point, and you know you switch over to California, and it's uh, Pacific Time. So let's say you cross over. You know I'm not talking about right now, right here, but let's say it's 12:30, and you know five minutes you're over on the other side of the border, and let's say you're documenting a different day and time, or a different time. Well, it's 12:30 p.m., and guess what? It's now 11.35 p.m. or a.m. on the same day. And I'm talking to you. Now, while one event technically happened after the other, chronologically, it's listed as having before. Happening before. Which one's right? Well, they both are. You know, because you, if you don't take in geography into account, at that point it's going to be all fucked up. So, you know, and this, it's, it's a confusing issue, you know, and you always, for me, I've always found that I've always got to reference a table or something like that, because it always seems like whoever and whenever I'm dealing with these issues and everything, you know, when it comes down to geography-related time issues, you know, it just, it's always something I, I always take into account, the location that they're in, and while it's not necessarily confusing to me anymore, I still need external references to know what what time things were and when and where, you know. So, anyways, the chronology of events, though, for me, in at least up until I was about 33 years old, happened relative to me, and I always considered the chronology of events from my own perspective not fully based on an external clock, and that's exactly the reason why. When I crossed the border from one place to another, while technically the chronology may be later or earlier based on the time zone changes, to me, relative to me, one event comes after the other. It really is that plain and simple. Yeah, so here's the funky thing. When you're actually dealing with chronology, and actually if you're to try to document these events on a, from a chronological perspective and everything, and you're not taking into consideration the time zones, But typically I do. Typically I look at something that says, hey, this happened at this point, and most of the time it doesn't make a difference, you know, chronologically, you know, what time it happened. You know, if, if I ever need to figure something out, you know, and, and I do need the precision of when something happened, well, at that point, sure. I might actually look at the time zone and everything to find out, you know, was there any issues regarding that and everything? But the events always happen relative to me. That, that's the key to individuality. Events happen in, a, in an order, a chronological order, relative to me. Now, they may, may be documented externally, based on the date and time and everything that I entered it and everything. So, in any case, the ability to be able to time travel, in part, is the ability to be able to recreate in a um, three-dimensional way the sights and sounds and 
feels, you know, basically the fully immersive environment and everything in which you experience that original event. That for me is what time travel is. It's nothing more than being able to be able to being able to go and recreate these events as they as they once existed. So when I watch a TV show like DC's Legends of Tomorrow or Timeless or something like that, you know, they regard time as an external entity at all times. You know, they regard time, you know, as something that they are kind of a slave to. See, I don't regard time in the same way. Time to me is relative to me, an event that happened with me and my ex-wife, you know, Lisa. I was fucking on the beach over in Catalina, you know, or, you know, me um, <laughs> having sex with Jackie, you know, one of the last days before I ended up taking off. These events are relative to me, and while I don't have an exact chronological date, I could tell when about things happened. You know, relative to the main time stream and everything. You know, at least the Gregorian calendar and everything. <laughs> so, for me, to be able to replay these events, it's hard to actually come up with a precise date and time, you know, because of that. So what is time? You know, from an external perspective, when I'm looking out, you know, I see a bunch of, you know, entities that are, are struggling to try to actually maintain a single linear time flow. Now, interestingly enough, there's always at least two plus parties involved in this. You know, Marty McFly and Doc Brown. You know, um, I mean, technically you can say Marty McFly was the one doing this, you know, but not really. You know, he was involved with Doc Brown the entire time came back and Doc Brown was, you know, shot and, you know, all of a sudden he ended up not getting shot in the next reality. But at that point, you know, there was a little hint there with what happened with Marty McFly in his future reality changing substantially based on the influences that he ended up, uh, ended up causing to happen. So this is the thing that I've noticed. You know, a time ripple, you know, is very commonly discussed in everything. You know, and the way I look at this is, if you actually dip your finger in a pond, you know, or actually a better thing. Um, let's say you've got a, a river that's flowing. Now that river, you can analogize to be, um, to be time itself. Now, if you actually start taking little pebbles, you know, rocks, let's just say rocks, you know, firmer rocks, and you go to one precise point every day and throw... Um, Let's not make it a, a rock. Let's make it something a little bit heavier. You know, something that isn't going to move as easily. Just a lead, a lead ball. You take a small, let's say, two-pound lead ball, and you throw it right at the same point every day. Every day you go there, you take another lead ball, and you throw it right at the same point. And it's going to sink, and it's going to fall into the into the river. Let's say it's a, a pretty big river and everything, you know. But let's say you do it right in the middle. Well, you know, every day you go and repeat this event. Take a two-pound ball. You know, there's literally millions of gallons of water that's flown by this thing. But let's say you do it day in, day out. Keep this up, day in, day out. You do it for six months. You do it for a year. Let's say you persist. You do it for five years. And all of a sudden, you start seeing something really funky. It may not even take that long. You know, by this point, you have, you know, 2,500 pounds worth of balls in there. But they all are, are roughly, you know, 25, no, 5,000 pounds of balls in there. That st still may not be enough. You know, but all of a sudden, it does. It starts shifting the flow of the water around it. You know, it doesn't take much. You know, but the flow of water meeting that harsh obstacle and everything, that entrenched obstacle that refuses to let anything, you know, let it be moved, eventually the water starts finding, finding a way to go around it. And that path causes turbulence downstream. And that turbulence starts becoming so profound that all of a sudden, 
it literally affects the upstream effects. And once those upstream effects start happening, at that point it causes a shift in the entire river. See, that's the, that's the odd thing about a river. It forks, but it doesn't fork because of, you know, that one ball. Not immediately. It shifts because of the downstream effects that actually push back upstream. And that upstream, that communication going back and forth between water, eventually causes that entire river to fork. It doesn't take long. It just takes persistent, persistent action in the same location. And all, all of a sudden, boom, you've got an entire river. It took you, one person, 5,000, you know, was it 2,500 different lead balls, you know, thrown in the same location and everything on your way to work or something like that. But eventually, you knew, you calculated. And all of a sudden, now you've got a river that you've been able to shift the location, maybe you can make some money on it. Same thing holds true for reality. Reality has digital threads underneath, underlying the whole, the atom, the model of the atom and everything. Scientists are just now starting to get into the quantum nature of reality. Well, the quantum nature of reality is something that, uh, that I've learned, you know, is more or less the infinite potentials that actually create a single atom. You know, what Einstein discovered when he split open the atom, you know, was the simple fact that there's a shit ton of stuff inside that atom. Now, he equated it, and the rest of those physicists equated it to something called energy. Well, possible futures, possible paths, possibilities to the unindoctrinated mind, that's how it might appear. Is energy. You know, if you if if you have to process everything and you've got infinite possibilities, that's just too much energy for one single mind to be able to actually mitigate, to deal with. So, they interpreted it. That's the whole thing. They interpreted the energy, or the what was released from that atom that they had actually, unco you know, more or less dug into, underlying the atom. They interpreted that. And that interpretation was energy. It's not 100% accurate. Not every atom has energy within it. You know, and, and energy itself is an interpretation, you know, of what is contained within an atom. Does that mean the that's the only thing that's contained within an atom? No. You know, and scientists are coming up with new ideas and new concepts and new terms, you know, to try to quantify these things in a binary, Boolean type of way. And it's not that easy. Infinity is just, you know, not something you can quantify that easily. Just imagine all possibilities when you look inside that atom. That's all possibilities. All timelines. All of time. All of space. Boom. Every fucking thing you can imagine. That's what's in there. You know, if you're trying to measure it, you're going to drive yourself fucking insane doing that. Potentially. So, in any case, time itself... Um, relative to an individual is a chronological list of events um, that have happened relative to that individual. Um, that chronology is 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 individualized. You know, so it's not necessarily dependent on a calendar. You know, for me, it's it's relative to my life. Now, I have rough time frames that I've associated it with, with you know, to the Gregorian calendar. But because of the way time flows. As I've watched others manipulate time from their perspective and everything, and constantly, you know, one of the things I see constantly is they'll make a change in the past, which will cause a change in the future and everything, and sometimes people don't remember who they were, 
sometimes people become somebody else because their minds are quite literally erased of, of who they were before. Sometimes, you know, the time travelers are actually going through actively manipulating events to basically turn somebody to their side. Now, that's what I found interesting. Somebody that, you know, was <laughs> all, you know, uh, one of uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. There was two women in it that were both adversaries of one of the main antagonists and everything. You know, he ended up manipulating time, and all of a sudden, not only were they, they hit, they had they become his servants, but they had also suggested that they were kind of like his sex slaves, too, in a willing way. <laughs> I just found that really interesting. You know, somebody who has control of time, has the capability to be able to not just manipulate the events, you know, of time, but also to manipulate, manipulate free will itself. To go through the process, and in the literal sense, alter events to make it so where you believe you're making these decisions of your own free will. But somebody else is just basically taking little pieces here and there. And putting things in your way to lead you to come to the conclusion that they want you to come to. So this is how I personally discovered the mechanisms of time travel. I started catching on. I started saying that there was a little bit more, you know, to these time travel stories, a little bit of consistency with the stories that were being told. But that consistency didn't seem like it applied to me because I saw I was seeing things differently. So what is time? Time It's a linear progression of events relative to the individual that's experiencing it. And really is that simple. The individual has a tendency to believe that they're participating in this in a collective way and they want to preserve their collective world around them. Which is understandable, and I appreciate it. And it's exactly what I've done myself. I've preserved my collective world. But to some degree, I've had to become owner of it too. And that's okay. What is time? It's an ordering system. There are different ways to order the succession of events. A leads to B leads to C for man. But not everybody chooses to use letters and numbers and the same thing that holds meaning to me doesn't necessarily hold meaning to others. Emotions, for instance. Some emotional events I've had, and I wish to re-experience and everything, are among the reasons that certain periods in time and space exist and anchor my reality. These temporally based events, you have a hard time chronologically documenting them. You know, the anchor point is now. On October 4th, 1973, this happened. You know, it's not just a matter of recreating the event. It's also recreating the emotions. In any case, I've probably cleared up absolutely nothing with this, but uh, it's time for me to hit the sack. Have a good night. Uh, before I, uh, before I leave, I think this is still recording, is it? Yeah, it is. Um, I have managed to do a lot with Grand Theft Auto over the last couple days. I ended up completing Watch Dogs 2. Fucking awesome game. And, uh, I've gone through my first, um, redoing. So I ended up taking the retro movie theater.
and in the process of remodeling the front of it. Um, I'm really just dealing with the textures and of the place and you know the look and feel of it. It looked it looked seedy before, like a an adult movie store or something like that. And I want it to be a little bit uh, more high tech and and pretty. And uh, so far, I'm loving the direction I'm taking this in. So it has four movies, two double features. So it is a retro theater. Uh, it's got uh, Terminator 2 and two, Terminator 3. Um, not the same versions that are actually in our reality. And uh, same thing holds true for double feature. Of some, there's something about Mary and Weird Science. Um, something about Mary is the same movie, with the exception that it's got Cameron Diaz. Um, she's basically she's a nudist, and she's completely naked the whole whole time, and that's why everybody has a hard time, you know, not not paying or paying full attention to her. And the other one is um, Weird Science, and it's got uh, what's her name? Um, oh, I can't remember. Anyways, she emerges from the bathroom, you know, exactly like she, you know, looks in the magazines, and she's completely naked as well, and it's a very different, you know, well, I shouldn't say very different, a somewhat different story for each of these and everything. So, Terminator 3 is probably going to be the most profoundly different, because it's about, it's Rise of the Machines, and it's about, um, the future version of Skynet realizes that, uh, warfare isn't, uh, isn't going to win this war, you know, against a, a species that's actually seems to be geared for war. So what it does instead is basically leverage, start leveraging sex, and it starts sending uh, robots that are skilled in and they're Christiana Loken, um, skilled in the art of sex. However, it's it's confronted with one of its former versions that's actually skilled in the art of war. So it and it. In itself is constantly trying to <laughs> commit violence in order to, you know, to to stop this other Terminator from being successful in its mission. Not understanding that uh, it's there, you know, to because it's it's ad adapted. So and uh, because it it's just programmed with one simple thing, which is prevent this at all costs. Um, it doesn't matter. You can send anything back, you know, that's for or against humanity. It's it's not that it's siding with humanity. It's just that it's programmed with a simple task, and that's that's its solitary goal. So, in any case, um, I just imagine these movies a little bit more fleshed out and everything, and I've changed quite a few billboards. Um, all of it will be displayed tomorrow. So, anyways, bedtime for Bonzo here. Have a good night.